The Morning Coffee is a podcast recorded live slash streamed at twitch.tv slash Ryan Kubo every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. All articles used during the show are credited in the show notes below in the description. We hope you enjoy this episode. What is up, everybody? How's it going? Ryan here, back with you again, fresh off of a new week, February 26, 2019, with Morning Coffee episode 26. Um... It's kind of ironic because we're recording on the 26th. But anyway, hope you guys had a great weekend. Hope you guys are well rested. Unfortunately for me, I am pretty tired this morning. So I'm sorry if uh, I have a lack of energy or I stumble over my words more than usual. I swear it's not you. It's definitely me. We need to stop uh, gaming so late into the night when we have responsibilities in the morning. Um. Anyway, though, just a couple of announcements before we really jump into the podcast. As always, you can get us on Spotify and iTunes. You can check out those links in the description below if you would like an audio version of this podcast. Um, uh, secondly, remember that this podcast does intera interact with Twitch chat, which we do record and stream this podcast live over at twitch.tv slash Ryan Kubo. So I will try to transcribe for you audio listeners out there or for you YouTube people, or wherever you may be uh, listening or watching this podcast, as best as possible if people do interact in Twitch chat. But I am sorry, uh, sometimes it is hard to do. Uh, that in mind, if you guys want to, follow twitch.tv slash Ryan Kubo, so that you guys can come in here and interact and talk in chat as well. Uh, lastly, just a little secondary plug for my Twitch. Uh, we did unlock a new emote slot there, so we now have two emotes because of changes with the affiliate program on Twitch. So if you guys do feel like subscribing, you do get a couple of emotes that I personally made, which I think are pretty troll and pretty funny, and I like myself, and I've, I use them a lot. So uh, that's all I've ever wanted from emotes is something that I would like to use a lot, and uh, I believe they're generic enough to where, uh, you know, I'll, you could use them and people would understand what they are. So, yeah, go follow the Twitch, twitch.tv slash Ryan Kubo. Anyway, uh, taking a sip of coffee here, and uh, let's just jump into the first article, shall we? So, I know that we will be talking, or we talk about Fortnite a lot, and it's not because I like the game, I haven't really touched the game in a long time, but I believe that what they are doing for esports and the pushing of esports and the dumping of money is kind of an interesting topic to me, especially since we've talked about this before, where we think, or at least I do, that the esports bubble is kind of coming, uh, is kind of coming full front, but also could burst at any moment. You're seeing a lot of games where games will come out and they want it to be an eSport and they're pumping millions of dollars uh, into a game before it's even released out of beta, right? And promising uh, these type of tournaments. But uh, Fortnite is definitely here to stay. We know that we've had some kinks in it with Apex Legends and other uh, Battle Royale games coming around. But I think that uh, them pumping money into it is a pretty smart idea. But the Fortnite World Cup will have a $30 million prize pool, which is pretty crazy. Um, they haven't announced the uh, they announced like the first details of it. They said that it will be hosted in New York City from July 26th to 28th. Players who uh, who hope to compete in the World Cup will first have to fight their way in through online qualifiers. Epic will host 10 weeks of in-game online qualifiers from April 10th to June 16th, each with a prize pool of one million a week. So that's already 10 million dollars just for um, going through that. The top qual 
qualifiers throughout the 10 weeks will then advance to the Fortnite World Cup Finals. The tournament finals will include 100 solo players and 50 duo teams, all competing for their portion of the remaining $30 million prize pool. So about $20 million probably at that point. Each player that qualifies of for the finals will receive at least $50,000, with $3 million going to the solo champion. Uh, Epic will be hosting a variety of tournaments after the conclusion of the World Cup, each with a million dollar prizes. These events will be less competitive, focused, and feature a variety of game modes with more details to come. So once again, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you guys think of it, we did not get an official, uh, I guess, mode for competitive, whatever that means, right? Uh, whether that be duo or, or squads or solos, there is no official mode for it. They're kind of just playing around with all the modes, and I think that's something that is really smart for them to do where uh, you see this in Magic the Gathering and stuff like that, where they have multiple formats for their card game instead of uh, games like Hearthstone, which only has a couple formats, and really the only format that's really supported is their standard mode. Uh, you could say Wild, which did have a uh, Hearthstone Wild Finals recently. Uh, you know, they do have one, but it only happens once a year, and it's over probably the course of a month, whereas standard mode, there's a lot more competition, a lot more online tournaments, etc., etc. for it. Um, so, you know, I don't think this is bad for Fortnite to do, to be able to do solos and duo tournaments, and then afterwards saying that there'll be other fun little modes. We see this in Magic, like I said before, with Modern, Standard, Commander, Popper, a bunch of other formats that happen, and I think that it appeases a lot of other people and keeps the diversity of Magic, uh, the main reason why a lot of people stick around. Um, we did have some changes in Fortnite as well. Uh, which I think will be pretty interesting to see in a competitive scene. Um, I haven't really dabbled in Fortnite that much, but I did play a few games to uh, play with a friend, and it does seem interesting some of the changes that they've done with the game, where if you kill a player, you heal a little bit. They capped out mats and stuff from 999 to 500, so buildings are less like crazily built, and it's easier to farm stuff, which makes the late game um, very interesting and interesting to me in competitive because in competitive there's a lot of camping right and people just um like camping out making sure that they're not getting killed kind of just making it to the final circle and stuff like that so it'll be interesting to see what they do as well so hopefully it goes well we'll give you updates on the fortnite world cup as it comes through um just so that we can kind of keep up to date and follow the esports scene when it comes to fortnite uh, which I still think is uh, very interesting, uh, just how much they're pumping uh, into it. Uh, next up, the internet reacts to Bowser taking over Nintendo. So if you guys didn't know, uh, Reggie Phyllis, who is the, or was, I should say, the president of Nintendo of America for 15 years, has finally stepped down. Uh, I think, uh, you know, it was his time. He has done a lot for the company. I pretty much grew up with him as the uh, president of America and stuff like that. But it's kind of interesting because the man who took over his job was someone that was memed a little bit ago, about five years ago, but is the VP of Nintendo of America, who is Doug Bowser. <laughs> so, yeah. You can obviously see where jokes obviously spawned. The guy's last name is Bowser. If you guys don't know, Bowser is a fire-breathing dinosaur that is always abducting Princess Peach, and Mario always tries to defeat Bowser. So, obviously, the memes came through very, very fast, and uh, this will uh, continue indefinitely because Doug Bowser uh, is probably not going to retire anytime soon. 
But, uh, you know, I do think that it is pretty good, uh, pretty funny, uh, a lot of the memes that are going on. I do hope Nintendo, all the success in the world with this transition uh, and stuff like that. And we do have some more Nintendo news. Uh, currently on stream, though, showing a pretty funny picture where he was like, thank you for the warm welcome from his Nintendo headquarters. And in the background, he has Mario and Luigi tied up using a GameCube controller. So he's very well of the irony of this whole thing and the jokes of it also. Uh, so it was pretty funny, pretty interesting. But uh, yeah, that he he is the new CEO of Nintendo of America. It is Doug Bowser. Um, you know, Reggie had kind of this charm when it came to uh, Nintendo, and he was kind of like hyper aware of his meme ability and all that stuff. So hopefully, this guy does well, and uh, we'll see how well he does because uh, we have some other Nintendo news that we're going to get to later on today. Uh, next up, we have some unfortunate news, but ArenaNet has confirmed a ton of layoffs. If you guys don't know uh, the company ArenaNet, it is a video game company that has made uh, a handful of games, uh, but uh, they were mostly big in the Korean market. But probably what they were known for is a game called Guild Wars uh, 1, which came out around the time of World of Warcraft and Guild Wars 2. At the time, Guild Wars 1... Uh, was uh, a game that a lot of my friends in high school used to play. I dabbled in it a bit, but I remember that a lot of the reason why my friends liked it was because you didn't need an online subscription fee compared to, at the time, World of Warcraft of $15 a month, where you could just outright buy Guild Wars and just play the game. Uh, at the time, I don't think there was any like microtransactions in the game either. I don't really recall. It's been so long since Guild Wars 1 came out. But Guild Wars 2 came out in 2012. I do remember playing it and dabbling in it as well. And it had a lot of features in it that I really enjoyed. Um, you know, features that, um, you know, WoW and other uh, bigger MMOs, I believe, copied, obviously. One of them being that it didn't really matter where you leveled in. There was no distinct place to level in the game. You could level uh, anywhere and the, the characters would scale. But unfortunately, it does seem like there is a large organizational re restructuring within NCSoft slash ArenaNet. Um, ArenaNet being a subsidiary of NCSoft, which you've probably heard of as well. But they said that they have declined the comment on the number of affected people by this cut. So we have no idea what is happening here. Um, but yeah, it says our live game business revenue is declining as our franchise ages. Delays in development on PC and mobile have created further drains uh, against our revenue, and uh, while our operating costs and less have increased, uh, this is not sustainable. So, uh, yeah. It, basically, um, if you guys didn't know, Arena or Guild Wars 2 came out in 2012. They updated uh, with two full expansions, Hearts of Throne in 2015 and Path of Fire in 2017. But since then, they haven't actually come out with a new game. But, um, yeah, if you guys don't remember, NCSoft is the company that um, was also in charge of an MMO called Wildstar, which was a game made by Carbine Studios, which was uh, with a lot of ex-WoW developers on it as well. And that game was eventually pulled and killed as well. Uh, we'll see what ends up happening. Uh, it does. We don't know how many people are impacted by this. Um, I they did say in a video in 2018 that they had about 400 people employed. So we're not really sure how much that is, right? Uh, it could be, you know, 50, could be 60, could be 100. We, we don't really know. They will not comment on this. Uh, it's just kind of showing the trend that's happening in the video game market and 
I don't want to just specifically point out arena net on this one. I'm talking about bigger companies as well. The tech industry as well as the gaming industry has been down year for year, uh, year, year by year uh, this year. Uh, from 2018 to 2019, we obviously have Blizzard, who just took a very big pay cut or employee slash as well of about 800 employees let go there from esports and community manager positions because of uh, them scaling back on their esports. We have ArenaNet uh, a few months prior, or I want to say about maybe five months prior or more uh, from the Blizzard uh, layoffs. We did have um, Telltale Games shut down their studio as well. So we are seeing a lot of studios just shutting down and closing their doors. Um, as gaming gets more popular and more bigger, we will see an eventual shift to more and more mobile gaming. But a lot of the major and big companies have been under fire in the recent year, really, because of uh, short-term uh, gains or short-term profit, I should say, and not the long-term profit, right? And that's what, uh, whether that be true or not, we've seen a lot of complaints from gamers about it, right? While whether it be coming out with mobile games that require microtransactions, or whether it be, um, you know, the battle, uh, Battlefront 2s, the Call of Duties, etc., etc., where uh, they don't normally have microtransactions in them, and then after the reviews go up, the microtransactions come out and heavily affect the gameplay of the game. Some people are okay with this, some people aren't. But uh, yeah, you just see that. Um, in my opinion, 2018 was probably one of the worst gaming uh, years that I can remember in a long time. I don't know if that's because I got more heavily invested in the gaming. I don't feel like I did. Or I started this podcast where I'm reading up on more news, which probably has something to do with it. But it seems just a lot of letdowns happened in 2018 when it came to just like Battlefront 2, for example, really sticks out to me. Um, I know it's 2019, but Anthem has already disappointed. Fallout 76 uh, was a massive uh, failure. Uh, just certain loot boxing type of stuff uh, happening. Microtransactions with games where things used to be free. And I don't know if that's just me, like I said, because of this podcast, I need to stay informed and update this type of stuff as well. Um, you even had, you know, controversy with like games like Red Dead Redemption, in my opinion. Um, you had that game come out. It had really, really good reviews. And then after the game was over, they announced in a blog post, uh, well, not on a blog post, but developers said that they were developing microtransactions for that game, which I'm not an expert in Red Dead Redemption, but apparently there are like microtransactions coming to the game after it comes out of beta and stuff as well. So um, I know a lot of reviewers and a lot of sites were complaining about that because they, um, they, didn't add microtransactions until after the review process came out. After people were like, this is a 10 out of game. It's a 10 out of 10 game. It's a great game. And now the online portion's out, and they started to slowly funnel those things in as well. So, um, yeah, there's controversy all over the board when it comes to this type of stuff. And um, we'll just have to see how this goes. And unfortunately, it does affect um, you know these current markets. Uh, hopefully the devs uh, can start uh, learning about this type of stuff and less employees are being laid off, etc. Unfortunately, there just isn't a lot of jobs to go around in the gaming market ecosystem. All right. That was kind of our depressing news of the day, but uh, back to kind of some happier news that we want to talk about. Um, Overwatch's new hero is Baptiste, a Haitian combat medic. So after much teasing for the past week, Overwatch has revealed hero number 30, they're calling them. He is a combat medic fighting for a better world. And he has an origin video out. 
um, which will be linked in your show notes if you guys want to watch it. But it is a new hero coming soon, Baptiste, his origin story and what he ended up doing. Uh, he grew up as one of the 30 million orphan children during Overwatch's much-talked Omnic War. He implies they had to steal or starve or kill or be killed when he was younger to the point of joining the game's de facto bad guy faction, Talon. At some point, however, he seems to have a change of heart and left Talon and maybe joined the Overwatch squad at some point. Um, most uh, Overwatch patches come out uh, on Tuesdays or Wednesdays on the PTR before after a two-week transition. They end up going to um the actual main server or live server so if you guys want to go download the ptr and go try him out he should be out sometime this week or coming soon in the next week or two uh just fyi he is a support class the class that i play so we may play him and check him out a little bit more just so we can talk about him on this podcast because i'm pretty excited for a new support class as well uh seems to be a pretty generic typical character he does seem to have some type of a grenade launcher and stuff like that in his video uh and so we'll see how he uh does and uh yeah a lot of people are comparing him to a character in apex legends called lifeline who is also like a of haitian descent female uh medic and stuff like that so we'll have to see speaking of red dead and everything that and uh is all good with that game still haven't played or Played the single player, beat it, really enjoyed the game, but it is not out for PC yet. But the Red Dead Online beta update is out now, and select content is first on PS4 today. So, uh, yeah, new early access content happened. There's a big patch. It includes new gameplay, weapons, and clothing, and additional bouncing, and a slew of community-requested improvements. In addition to the new gameplay improvements, PS4 owners will have benefits of early access to a host of new content. So just a bunch of random stuff was added. I just thought this article was pretty cool and just a PSA for a lot of people because I know that um, people were interested in this stuff or whatever. I don't really know anything about it or whatever. Apparently there is a new weapon called the Jawbone Knife. There are new clothing and emotes and there's a special series of races, etc., etc. So update is out. Uh, there'll be changes to weekly bonuses and stuff like that. I'll keep you guys all updated on any type of news that I hear about this or any type of uh, pros and cons with the new update. Um, yeah, as we approach hopefully a bigger and uh, wider scale launch. I'm looking at UPC, basically. <laughs> uh, second to last article that I wanted to talk about, but uh, we mentioned it in Nintendo earlier, but tomorrow... Uh, Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, so 6 a.m. Eastern Time, about the time I get up every morning, Nintendo will hold a short seven-minute Nintendo Direct-style celebration for Pokemon Day. So if you don't know, Pokemon Day is this day that they celebrate on February 28th. I'm not really sure why in Japan. But, um, yeah, they will be doing a very brief thing about pokemon tomorrow uh for me i'm a pretty big pokemon fan pokemon training card game was one of the first training card games i ever got into and the video games were something that i really really loved um if you guys don't know what a nintendo direct is a nintendo direct is when they just live stream it on their twitch or youtube which you can find both at either twitch.tv slash nintendo or youtube.com slash nintendo um we don't know what is going to be announced. It could just be some little fun little thing. Might be a new trailer for uh, you know, the new Pokemon movie that's coming out. Um, it might also be an announcement of the main 
series game. If you guys didn't know, after Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee were announced, they did tease in another Nintendo Direct a few weeks after that one that there is going to be a main series Pokemon game. And what I mean by main series Pokemon game is that's where they will introduce 150 more Pokemon, etc., etc. So some people are crossing their fingers that uh, this is going to be that announcement. In my opinion, I feel like seven minutes is a little bit too short unless they just boom right off the bat announce it and boom, 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 boom. But uh, I could be wrong on that. But I don't think it's going to be that. I think it's just going to be like a celebration of all things Pokemon. Probably like even like, you know, talking about, oh, we're going to bring Pokemon to the your Nintendo Switch and stuff like that. That's what I think it might be personally or something like that along those lines. But um, I'm being very like, um, you know, low expectations, I guess you could say, would be the easiest way to put it. Last article of the day, and I told you guys that we would update you on this situation, and there has been an update. The elite dangerous player that was stranded for three months has been rescued. It's pretty cool. So if you guys didn't know, <laughs> and you didn't hear about this, uh, elite dangerous is a simulation type of game in space. I personally do not care for it. It is very overly complicated and stuff like that. Um but I understand why people love it. If you guys haven't heard of it, it is literally a space, an open world space sim where everything is a one for one of our galaxy. So uh, a lot of it hasn't been explored yet. It is an MMORPG and it is pretty hyper realistic, quote unquote, hyper realistic in an MMORPG. You need to know how to land and all this stuff. It, it's pretty complicated in, in a sense, right? And uh, there was a person who had been stuck in space 141 light years from basically a normal player. And there was a rescue mission that had been underway for about two to three months now to try to get him. Basically what happened was he warped, I don't know if he did it on purpose or whatever, but he warped basically out of our galaxy in the game. And he was just drifting through space because he didn't have enough fuel. So they refueled him and got him back to the nearest star. Uh, which basically the rescue happened and viewed from the cockpit of one of the rescuers on uh, a brief uh, Twitch clip where they showed them approaching his ship and finally refueling it or whatever. So uh, basically he was just like, every time he logged on, he was just drifting through space, <laughs> which kind of sucks too. And is kind of interesting, but uh, they were able to finally, uh, hear him or whatever and uh yeah they finally were able to see it you can guys can go check out the twitch vod as well as there's some twitch clips with everything or whatever uh let's see yeah he just didn't have uh it says here uh he used uh too much space petroleum on the way out and didn't have enough to make the jump back months after his marooning a rescue operation finally got underway uh, they do do-getting group of players called the Fuel Rats came up with a complicated plan to fly out in two sets of pairs and help them out. This is not the first time they've done this. They're basically the Galactic AA. Uh, anytime Commander logged into the game and powered up a ship, it was using fuel just to run. So the smartest thing to do was just to log out and stay logged out to conserve what fuel he had. However, he started to log on once in a while so the rescues could do regular bearing checks. This meant running into disastrous beacon... Uh, this meant running the distress beacon so the few rats could see his location in the distance and make sure they were still traveling in a straight line. All this means whenever he was logged on and sitting on his ship, he had to make sure all non-essential systems were turned off to further conserve fuel, shields off, thrusters off, sensors, the whole thing, all except life support. And when you're sitting in space like this, uh, like this in Elite Dangerous, big patches of frost appear on your canopy. If you were really in the cockpit, you would be wrapped up in your warm, contemplating clouds of your own breath. So, uh, yeah, it was pretty interesting, actually. We've had some type of these space simulations before, and I hope that uh, it really helps out 
with the Elite Dangerous Community. It's a pretty cool game. Not my style game. Very complicated. Uh, you kind of do what you want to do. It kind of reminds me of GTA RP or Red Dead Redemption RP. But either way, very good. We got an update on that dude. He was saved. Everything's okay. Uh, you know, we're, we're fine, guys. But yeah, with that glorious news, that is going to be it for this uh, episode of the morning coffee thank you guys so much for watching hanging out and listening as always i hope that your commutes to work or wherever it may be that you're listening to this podcast are going well uh, like we said at the top of the show remember follow us on spotify and itunes it is the best way to catch us and you can check out the links to those in the description below if you want audio formats uh, also if you guys have youtube which i'm sure sure you do you guys can check us out on youtube.com slash shigeos twitch tv s-h-i-g-e-o-s-t-w-i tchtv it is a vod of all the episodes of this podcast as well as the other podcasts we do as well and then as always we do record this live and stream it live uh this podcast other podcasts in gaming over at my twitch at twitch.tv slash ryan kubo r-y-a-n-k-u-b-o uh seth star in the chat says thanks for the great stream no worries i appreciate it but yeah guys uh, that is going to be it for this episode. Thank you guys so much for hanging out. We will be back in a couple of days on Thursday, the February 28th, last day of the month, to share some news uh, about gaming as well. So until then, guys, take care and have a great rest of your day. Peace.